bit about what we're going to be doing in this season, um, a little preview of, of, of things coming. There's three goals of 40 Days in the Word, that uh, you will love the Word, that you will learn the Word, and most importantly, that you would live the Word. As, as we go through this, one, one of the things that, that it's, it's become apparent to me, I know many times we've talked about our, our life journals and, and, and having a daily devotional time, and one of the things that frequently comes up, and it's a natural thing, and that is some of us, we, we want to go deeper, we want to understand things more in the Bible, but we don't know how. And uh, sometimes we, maybe, maybe you're one of those who you, you kind of go back to the same favorite passage of Scripture, and it's good, it's just a neat thing, you, you like that. Maybe, maybe you learned one verse as a kid in Sunday school or something, or, uh, or maybe you have a devotional book that, that you like, and, and, and you find that there's something repetitive and there's not a lot of new things happening. In this season, what we're going to be teaching you is how to develop new tools, how to mine God's Word for the nuggets of truth that are so waiting for you to come and receive. In this season, there's going to be uh, uh, several elements. Number one, there's going to be six weekly messages. And on Sunday, uh, we're going to be hearing about these six things. One is the inspiration of Scripture. That is why I can trust the Bible. Also, the foundation uh, in week two, the foundation of the, of the Bible. What is the, its purpose? And then it's the illumination. Uh, how can I see what God wants me to see? That's week three. Week four, we're looking at interpretation. That is, how do I know what I'm reading? Well, how do I know what it means? In- incredible, important question. And then week five, integration. That is, how do I integrate God's Word into my daily life, my work and my family, my finances, my, uh, you know, my relationships? And then uh, week six is all about application. How can I use God's word effectively to make decisions, defeat temptation, and help others, and to receive comfort and give comfort to other people? Then also, uh, so those are the six weekly messages. Then, then we are also going to have each week uh, six weekly life group Bible studies. These are a, a DVD series taught by Pastor Rick Warren, and uh, just he'll be teaching us a, a devotional method of reading Scripture, very similar to, but in much more in-depth than, our life journal soap process that we go through. So if you're familiar with that, you're going to see this as kind of soap on turbo. All right? If you don't know what soap is, um, there's a life journal in the, in the lobby. You can, you can pick that up. It's Scripture Observation, Application, and Prayer. And he's using that, he doesn't use that acronym, but it's something very, very close. And so it's going to look very, very familiar to you. And I want to say, if you're not in a group yet, uh, maybe you're just finding out about it, um, there's information available uh, in the lobby. Uh, there's a table set up for 40 Days on the Word, um, and you can find out about it. Also, if you would like to host a group, maybe, you have, maybe you're going to hear something today and think, you know, that might, I, I know some people who would really like to do this. I might give you this promise. We'll get you the DVDs and we'll get you the workbooks. And I'll just ask you to invite some of your buddies, some of your friends, some of your family to be a part of that group and to go through this with you. Um, there's also going to be a video devotion, 40 days of video devotions. It's a short, brief, online uh, video devotion that you can go to, download, and see each day. Uh, if you have a smartphone, you can probably put it on your smartphone. Uh, you could do it maybe at work or at home, um, and you'll, you'll enjoy that. Also, we're going to be memorizing Scripture together, uh, six verses. They're going to be very doable. Uh, 
And in, since we're doing them together and we're going to be repeating them, you're going to know Scripture by the end of the six-week period. And I want to make you this promise because it's one I know that is a trustworthy promise. And that is this season is going to change your life. It will. If you commit to it. If you would go through this process with us together. And so take your program out, would you? And there's, that, there's something inside. It looks like this. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but it's a covenant card. And it's, we're talking about, and if you didn't get one, raise your hand. Uh, and, and I don't want you to fill it out. There's, there's a couple over here that need it. Um, I don't want you to fill it out right now because I want you to hear more about what we're going to be doing. And maybe by the end of service, you, you want to make this covenant. You want to make this commitment. And if that's the case, I'll give you some instructions about that a little bit later. I want to start my message this morning, my sermon this morning, by actually talking about the greatest sermon that was ever given, and that was a sermon given by Jesus himself. Matthew chapter 7, we see the Sermon on the Mount, and he concluded his sermon with an illustration. And it was an illustration about two guys who each built a house. One guy built his house on solid rock, the other built his house on the sand, this probably sounds familiar to you. And we know that the house that was built on the sand collapsed. We know that the house that was built on a rock stood firm. And then Jesus concluded by saying this. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like that wise man who built his house on the rock. And that's what 40 days in the word is about. It's about building our life on a solid foundation. You know, how do you know, though, if you, you, you have a solid foundation in life? How do you know? Well, we don't really until something happens, and that is when the storms come, right? Because that's what reveals the strength of our foundation. When a storm hits your marriage, that reveals the strength of the foundation for your marriage. When a storm hits your, your health, you know, it, it finds, you find out what the strength is, the foundation of your faith. And your hope, when a storm hits your finances, you, you, you realize what is my foundation really for, for money and for, for how I, I value things. And so this morning we're going to ask a very important question, and that is how do I build my life on God's Word, the solid rock? How do I do that? And before we answer that question, let's just go to the Lord and ask Him to speak to us, all right? Lord, thank You for Your Word would you help me to help us see what you have for us today? We love you, Jesus. And we just want you to open your word to us. Amen. 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 Now, something you're going to need to do during this series, in this season. See this? Now, I know we put our verses up on the screen, all right? I want you to get so used to your Bible because this you're going to learn things about your own Bible in this season that you didn't know about. Um, I want you to bring a pen. I want you to take sermon notes. They're provided in your in your program. And if you don't have one, I'm sorry, they, could, they have some available too. I should have done this all at once. Um, but I want you to bring a pen. I want you to mark up your Bible. Don't worry about marking up your Bible. The, the pages, the paper in here, it's not holy. You know what's holy? The truth. The truth that these words contain. 
And so uh, you can mark it up and write all over it. And you're going to want to bring it, even though we have them up on the screen, uh, because you're going to want to dive in. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you have your Bible with you, to open it up to James chapter 1 and verse 19. And also, uh, for those of us who um, have the... Uh, the, uh, the strength of will to not text during a sermon, uh, you can download an app on your smartphone. You got one there? Dave's got one right there. And uh, you, can, you can do U version, you know. So I'll know that during 40 Days in the Word, if you have an iPad or a smartphone or something like that, you can pull up the Bible. I've got a U version on here, and, and I, can, I can follow along that way. And so when I see you do that, we'll know that you're not texting because... You're people of character. You would only be reading God's word during my message. I'm certain that's the case. So I'm glad there's such high quality people here. So the first way I build my life on the Bible, number one, you ready? Here we go. The number one way I build my life on the Bible is this. I receive it with my ears, my ears. Grab your ears. Give them a little tug. All right. Romans 10 says this in verse 17 says faith comes from hearing the message, hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Where do we hear God's word? Where do we hear God's word? Most often, it's, this is what we're doing right now. We're reading God's word. We're talking about God's word. We're studying God's word on a Sunday morning. You know what? Pastor Dan and the worship team this morning, they led us through songs that contained quotes and sometimes exact verses from God's word, sometimes paraphrases and themes from God's word. And so we're singing God's word and we're hearing God's word spoken. And this is how we receive it with our ears. Now, there's something that we need, though, and that is a simple question. That is, how do we improve our hearing? Because, as you know, sometimes we come on Sunday and we hear things from the Lord and sometimes we leave and go, eh, whatever. I mean, come on, we're, we're human, right? Sometimes we're, we're there and sometimes we're just not. So how do we improve our hearing? James 9, 1 and verse 19 says this. He gives us some, some tips Important things to know. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Hmm. Underline that word accept. Circle it in your Bible, on your notes. I just want to park there for just a minute because that word accept in the original language actually is a it's a word that, that speaks of um, hospitality. And it means uh, to welcome a stranger. It's an attitude of acceptance. And it's interesting uh, in the Bible. Receiving the word is often uh, compared to a, the soil receiving a seed. Or planting seeds. We know that from the parable of the, of the sower that Jesus taught. And what that parable taught us is that you can plant the same seed in different locations and get different results. Why? Why is it in some places it grows and some places it doesn't? It depends on the condition of the soil. The soil of your heart. It's being receptive. To have good reception Remember when we uh, had a, uh, if, if you're old enough, you might have had a TV that had rabbit ears. I did. You know, remember those? You know, you can, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Liar. 
Lord, would you come down and speak truth to these people? Well, today, what we do with uh, reception is we walk around and we go, uh, like over here, this place is lousy for AT&T. So I'll walk around this building going, you know, uh, do I got, you know, can you hear me now? You know, that's how we do reception now. Um, but we need to be able to, to receive the signal. We need to be able to hear it correctly. And there's four things he says in this verse that we need to do. Number one is to be quiet. He says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Be quiet. You know, when I'm talking, I'm not listening. You know that? You notice that? I think my wife said to me many times, honey, you're not listening. Chad, stop talking. You're not listening. At least I think that's what she said. Be calm. Be calm. He says, slow to become angry. Slow to become angry. Do you know that you don't hear much when you're angry? You're defensive. You're closed. And if you're angry with another person and they're talking to you, you don't want to hear anything they have to say because you're just ticked off at them. And you know, you might not even be ticked off at God, but just because the emotional baggage you bring when you're angry, you just, <clears throat> you're just tight. Because a relaxed attitude increases receptiveness. Some of us get here on Sunday and we've rushed frantically, maybe had an, a fight with our wife or our husband or our kids, and, you know, we finally get them all here, and, you know, you get here and then you get them in the, the baby in the nursery, and you, 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 Forgot your Bible at home and you're late and you come and you sit down and you go, boom, I'm here now. Speak to me, God. Doggone it. Not a very receptive attitude. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. I think that's God's very gentle way of saying, sit down, shut up and listen. Because we're so busy. We're so busy. There's so much going on. We need to be quiet. We need to be calm. We need to be clean. He says, get rid of all moral filth and the evil, evil that is so prevalent. In other words, before seeding, you've got to do some weeding for the soil to be receptive. He says, get rid of the filth. What is that? Well, it's actually, uh, in, the, in the original language, it's a word that also re- refers to something kind of gross, earwax. Everybody go, ew, ew, yeah, it's intended to be an ew. I remember on uh, our wedding night, I went swimming in the hotel pool, woke up the next morning, and I couldn't hear my lovely bride, the dulcet tones of my sweet, beautiful, blushing bride, uh, on the morning after. <laughs> Why? This story is going bad fast. I am not blushing. Okay, yes, I am. Somebody had to do that because it's April Fool's Day and people think I'm fair game. Back to my story. <laughs> the, the day after our wedding, we were getting on a plane to go on our honeymoon, and I couldn't hear, and I had water in my ear, and it's starting to hurt. Couldn't hear my wife and couldn't. So I, I uh, it was a Sunday and the doctor that we knew uh, actually opened his clinic for us, made a special favor and went in. And uh, I, I thought I had an ear infection because, you know, you get on an airplane, you don't want to have an ear infection because your eardrums are going to burst and all that. 
And so he takes me into his office and he gives me this exam. And he goes, oh, I know what you need. Oh, he says, it's not going to be a big deal anyway, so don't worry about it. He comes at me with this giant shop vac, you know, this doctor shop vac. And he sticks it up to my ears and starts hosing me out. And it's like it's coming up out of my toes. It's like, oh, it's just disgusting. And you're all going, yeah, why are you telling us this? Because I want you to have the ick factor of what sin is like and how it plugs our ears to God. It's that icky, gooey stuff that plugs us up and keeps us from hearing God's voice. And he says, get rid of it. Deal with it. He says, get rid of the, the evil. Anything that you know that isn't right in your life. My family, uh, some people, they'll, they'll go unnamed, but believe that taking out the garbage is putting the garbage bag, taking it out of the kitchen and putting it on the front porch so that Chad will see it and take it to the garbage. It usually works, unfortunately. But one day, the garbage, yes, it got set out front the door by the, on the porch, and somehow it fell over. And so it's now blocking the door. And so in order to get out of the door, I literally have to move the garbage out of the way. And then once I did, I could go where I wanted to go. And when he's talking about getting rid of the evil in our lives, before you can open to God, you need to take out the emotional trash, spiritual trash. And how do we do that? It's just through confession. It's just saying, God, there's trash on my, my front porch, my life. You know, there's times when I'd see that bag and I would just walk past it because I'm busy and I'm kind of mad. Hey, what are they, why can't they just take it out to the trash themselves and they just sit it there for me? And I'll walk and I'll just ignore it. I might even be there a whole day or two. It's great for anyone who comes to visit. And we can ignore it or we can just deal with it. And if we're going to receive from God, he just says, come on, let's deal with it. He's not going to squash us like a bug. He just, he just knows, look, if you're going to hear my voice, we've got to deal with it. He says we need to be humble. Humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Humbly accept the word. That means be ready to do whatever God tells me. He says, I, I'm going to do what you tell me, God. If I learn something in there, if you come to this word and say, you know what, I'm going to discover something today, and what I discover I'm going to do, hold on. You're going to discover even more stuff. It's going to be so cool. So these are four spiritual hearing aids, really. Be calm, be quiet, be clean, be humble. That's the, that's the first thing we need to, to do we need to be able to receive it with our ears. The second thing we need to do is I, I need to read it with my eyes. I need to read, read it with my eyes. James 1 and verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word. In other words, listen to it, but don't just listen. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. He'll be blessed in what he does. I just want to park there for a minute because you know what? When the Bible tells me if you do something, you'll be blessed, I want to pay attention because I want to be blessed. But you've got to understand what it means to be blessed. See, being blessed isn't just, hey, blessings, you know, we say that to people. Blessings is kind of like, you know, goodbye or hello. I mean, it's just a, sort of this casual phrase. But blessing in the Bible, the blessing of God is, is way more different than that. It's, it's so much more powerful. To be blessed of God is more than just to be happy. It, it, it means that God has literally on your team. 
He is promoting you. It's not a promise of a problem-free life, but it's the promise of life that is filled with joy and works. It's that what you see in the scriptures over and over, people who's had just incredibly miserable lives because they were, they were not blessed of God because they weren't listening and following God's voice. And then there's filled with example, example of imperfect people who are following God's voice. And though they're not perfect, though their lives are not problem free, they have a blessed life and you can see the course of their life. And if you want to see some of the examples of them, go to Hebrews 11. There's a, it's like the hall of fame of people who heard God's voice. It's a great passage. Be blessed. And so how do we do that? How do we get to that place? He says, number one, look intently at God's word. In other words, we do it by reading the Bible. He says, continue doing this. Reading the Bible, and now it's reviewing God's word. He says, not forgetting. That's memorizing God's word. He says, and then also make sure that you're doing it. That's responding to what we've heard in God's word. And he says, when you do this, you become like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. Interesting. You know, many of us, you, if I asked you, you, you probably agree. When, if you look in, in the Word of God, you, you're going to see in there God's face, right? Because God's in there in every page. But did you know that He also wants to see your face? That you want us, that you, you get to see your face in that reflection too? The real you? It's sometimes not pretty. And it's not to condemn you, it's, it's to reveal you. Because think about it, this morning when you got up, one of the first things you did was you looked in the mirror and you saw all the damage from the previous day. Right? And you did something about it. I'm looking around. I'm going, to look. yeah, you did. I'm glad, too. There's some, some good-looking people here. But you didn't wake up this way, did you? You looked in the mirror and you saw, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Got to do something. You see, that's what God's Word does. But the question is, when you look at God's Word, how do you look at it? Is it a quick glance? Or is it a constant gaze? See, you can, you can have a quick glance. You can just, boom, quick quiet time, a couple quick verses, boom, you know, two shots of Jesus, and then you're on the road. And, you know, you don't remember a whole lot. I mean, maybe it's better than nothing, but it's not a lot. He says to gaze intently, to look at the details that God wants us to gaze on, not just to glance at his word. And we're going to do that in this season through a reading plan, through the 40 days in the Word reading plan. And uh, we're going to do it in a systematic way, in an intentional way, not, not random. And it's not that skip and dip method, you know? You know, it's kind of, yeah, what does God want to say to me today? Well, you know, uh, go kill circumcised Philistine, uncircumcised Philistines. It's like, what do I do with that? You know? He says, look at it systematically. Look at it in his context. And then also in our 40 Days Life groups, we're going to study it together. We're going to reflect on it together. We're going to chew on God's Word together. And we're going to go deeper together. So number two, I need to read it with my eyes. And number three, I research it with my hands and my mouth. My hands and my mouth. What do I mean? Well, we're talking here about serious Bible study. See, writing down, it's, it's about writing down what we learn. There's going to be a 40 Days Study Guide. It's uh, talking about what we learn. You see, it's going through our hands and it's going through our mouths. Something happens. You know, and, and by the way, you can do that with a pen. You can do that with a keyboard. That's how I do it. I usually do it with a keyboard because I have my, my journal on my, my computer. And uh, 
I, you know, you see my life journals uh, entries. Sometimes I email them to you. And you, how many of you have seen those from me? You've seen those, yeah? Do, do you know why I send those to you? It's not just because I think you need to hear that, okay? It's actually the number one reason I send that is because when I am sent, if I can communicate it to you, if I have to do enough work where I can have to communicate it to someone else to understand it, you know what happens? I understand it. I understand it. And if I just, you know, made a quick couple of notes to myself and got it, it just, it, it kind of pings off the surface. But then when I, then and I do that and I give it to somebody else, it's kind of like, oh, he means it. You know, there's a commitment there. That send button is a scary thing, you know, because I'm unzipping my chest and I'm saying, this is what God has shown about me and what about shown me about him. And so what we're talking here is uh, really the difference between reading and studying. See, reading the Bible is passive. You, you can read a, a, a novel, you know, and it's fun. And there's beautiful things in there. It's enjoyable. There's great literature in scripture and you can read it that way but you're not going to get as much out of it but you see if you study it it's intentional it's active and uh, people who just read the bible you can you can tell you know how you can tell their bibles look really nice and new and shiny uh, or maybe um if you don't read it it's collecting dust you know but the people who really read it and study it their bibles are a ragged mess there's writing all over the pages. We've been studying through Gospel of John, right? You look at my chapters in the Gospel of John, you'll see my penmanship all over the place in my Bible. My grandma, I was looking for her Bible to show you. I couldn't find it. But uh, when she died, she gave me her, her, one of her old Bibles. And my goodness, every page, I think she'd written more on it than the editor. You know, I mean, it was just stuff. She had sermons and the margins and everything. And it was just crazy and uh, I, I love going through there to see what, what God had been speaking to her. And you can see how she's just so engaged with Scripture. John chapter 5 and verse 31. Jesus said this. He says, you search the Scriptures because you believe they give you eternal life. And he added this. That's true. And he says, the Scriptures point to me. And so in every study, you're going to see Jesus on every page. In Acts 17, there was a group of people that had some questions. And Luke writes of these people, he says, the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And he said, they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to check up on Paul and Silas to see if they were really teaching the truth. I love that. Can you imagine sitting and listening to the apostles themselves who walked and talked with Jesus, saw him come from the tomb, and they're teaching to you and you're thinking, you know, I'm going to go do, I'm going to check on that dude and see if he's not blowing smoke at me. And they, they researched, they checked it because they wanted to know the truth. You know, on Sunday morning, I love it. You guys, some of you keep me on my toes because I'll get an email from you midweek. Hey, pastor, when you talked about this, did you really mean that? Or did you mean this? Or did you just blow it? No, you don't have to say that. But, you know, do you have enough to check up to see if I'm teaching the truth? Because you need to engage it, and you'll learn it. And you know what happens? We grow when we do that. My grandson, Caleb, he's the smartest grandson on the planet. I'm not biased at all. And he wants to grow so fast. Just since he's been in our house, I mean, it's, it's amazing. 
When he first got there, the first thing we did was we put up a baby gate in the hallway so that, well, he wouldn't kill himself. And, uh, but, but he saw this as an obstacle. There was something, there must be something they're keeping me from. There must be some joy and happiness on the other side of that gate that they don't want me to see. And so the first person, I kid you not, he can't write, but he took mental notes. The first person who walked through that gate, they pushed their foot down on the little lever and pushed the gate open and walked through. And I, I, I swear to you, he must have been watching that and taking mental notes because it wasn't a few minutes later. He went over to the gate, pushed on it, put his foot on the lever. And if he had 20 pounds more, he'd opened it. But he knows how to open that. He knows how to open it. He wants to grow. He wants to go. And, you know, some of us, we're... we're too content to stay in our spiritual playpen and suck on a bottle of milk. I believe in this season God is calling us now to come and engage. And I think as we do with an intensity, we're going to see things open to us. Maybe spiritual gates that seemed closed to us that we're going to come and we're going to push on and they just open wide. And the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us in ways never before have we heard. So I research it with my hands and mouth. Number four, I review it and remember it with my mind. In verse 25, James writes, The man who looks intently into the perfect law and continues to do this, underline, circle that, not forgetting, underline, circle that, what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. A phrase comes to mind. Continual intensity. Continual intensity. To review it. To continually ponder it. Think about it. Chew on it over and over. Not forgetting it. You know what that's another word for? Memorizing. Memorizing things. You want to be spiritually strong? You want to, be, you want to grow up in Christ? Memorize Scripture. Have it available to you. Because you know what? When you want a Bible, it's never around. You know, when you want that quick comeback to that person who's struggling in the office... Oh, where's that verse about worry and somewhere in Philippians, maybe chapter four about anxious for nothing. I can't remember it. But what what if we can? Hmm. Some of us say, I can't memorize scripture. I've noticed the older I get, the harder it is. But I've learned this also that when we can memorize things, because you know what? You learn the things that are important to you, don't you? You know? When, when a hot girl comes to a guy and, and whispers the phone number to him and he doesn't have a pen, what does he do? He listens carefully. You know, eight, nine, six, five, you know, da 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 da. And he's memorizing it. Why? Because he wants a date. He wants to get to know her. I remember my anniversary and my wife's birthday because if I don't, bad things happen to me. It's important that I remember those things. And how do we do it? It's through repetition. You know, you you drive around town and you learn verses uh, all the time. Did you know that? You learn verses to songs on the radio. And because it's repeated over and over, during the holiday, we were driving from here to central Oregon and we had a seven-hour trip in the truck. And my kids listened to this satanic music. It's called Country Western. Apparently, some of you are on the dark side, too. And this song by Toby Keith comes on. Red Solo Cup. I, I, look at you guys. This is a party church. 
You know what that song's about? There's some drunk guy with his name on a red solo cup blasted out of his mind writing a song about getting drunk. And here's my wife, the, the pastor's wife, all week long, after listening to this song over and over, walking around the cabin going, red solo cup, I fill you up, let's have a party. And I'm thinking, honey, do you... And so during 40 days in the Word, we're going to learn one verse a week. And we are. We're going to learn it through repetition. We're going to learn it together. You can write it on a red solo cup. Sure, if you want. You know what we're talking about when we're talking about repetition? We're talking about a word. It's called meditation. It's meditate. The Bible talks about this a lot. Meditation. It's not what you think in the, you know, the Eastern term when, you know, Buddhism or something like that, where, you know, you got to sit in a lotus position and, and, you know, empty your mind and all that. That's not what biblical meditation is all about. In fact, it's all about filling your mind with scripture. In Joshua chapter one, verse eight, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be, I love this, prosperous and successful. You see, that's what we're wanting to get to. That's that life built on a rock. That's that life that works. It's not a problem for your life, but it's a life that's prosperous and successful because God is promoting the life because he wants us to live according to his plan A. And when we get on his plan A, what an adventure. Life is like never before. Things open up. Possibilities. It's amazing. I need to review and I need to remember. Number five, I need to respond to it with my actions. I need to respond to it with my actions. James chapter 1 and verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Don't deceive yourselves. What's that all about? How do you deceive yourselves like this? He says, I, I, I deceive myself when I think that just listening and studying the Bible is somehow going to change me when I just do those things. Those are important things. But if I just do those things, I'm going to be deceived if I think that it, that's going to change me. I must do what it says. I need to respond to it with my actions. I put it into practice because you know what? You know how you know what you believe? What you believe is what you do. What you believe is what you do. 25 years ago, I believed and still do that my that Yvonne was the most beautiful woman and should be the woman, my only woman for me. And so I married her. I put that into action. I believe that salmon fishing is one of the greatest adventures a man can ever have. So I go and do that as often as I get the opportunity. Spiritually speaking, Do you believe that it's important to forgive people? Well, if you don't actually forgive them, then you don't really believe in the power of forgiveness. Do you believe that God blesses people who tithe? The scripture is all about that. But if you don't tithe, you don't believe about tithing. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. Just pick two at random. You see, you only believe the parts of the Bible that you actually do. 
Since I started with Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, I want to end end my message this morning with Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Verse 24, Jesus said, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Hear me, please. Do you just look up here for just a second? We cannot predict the storms that are coming. But two things we know. Number one. A storm is coming. Or maybe we're in one right now. And number two, without a solid foundation, you'll crumble. And you see, a solid foundation is not the opinions of others. It's not popular opinion. I mean, think about it. Centuries centuries ago, popular medical opinion was that to cure the plague, you needed to cut yourself and bleed. Which I suppose in one way got rid of some of the worry about the plague because when you ran out of blood, you stopped worrying about the plague. But we don't think that's such a good idea today. You see, public opinion, things like that, wisdom, human wisdom, it changes, it shifts like sand. And if we build our lives on popular culture, on what Oprah teaches or Dr. Phil and all these things, you know, they might have some truth, but that's not solid truth. It shifts, it changes. There's one thing that does not, and that is the truth of God's word. Someone say amen. It is solid. It was as true yesterday as it is today, and it will be as true as it is thousands and thousands and thousands of centuries from now. Take a look at your hand. You know, if you want to grasp something, literally, if you want to grasp something um, solidly, You need to use all your fingers, right, and your thumb, all five digits. And so the the five things I've talked about today, I want you to think of those as five digits of your fingers. And how important it is to do all five of these things when you want to have grip on God's Word, to receive it with my ears, to read it with my eyes, to study it with my hands and my mouth, to review it and remember it with my mind, and respond to it with my actions. If you want to strengthen your grip on God's Word, if you want to learn how to build your life on a solid rock, then I want to invite you to take a grip. I want to invite you to make a commitment to be a part of 40 Days in the Word, to join this journey as we go forward. If you would, take out your commitment card, or your covenant card, and... I'd invite Dan to come up and our music team. And I, I just want to just say a, a couple of things about this. Number one is, um, you know, if you're hearing about this and this is kind of a little bit overwhelming and you want to take this home and pray about it, this is not a high-pressure sales job, okay? This is church. We're family. This is between you and God, really. Um, but, but I'm going to kind of make this a little bit not just between you and God, because I think there's something about us saying to one another that, yeah, I'm going to do this. And so 
if you want to covenant with us to go through this process, uh, look at those things. It says, I'm going to commit to living a life transformed by God's word by listening to the 40 day in the word Sunday messages. Now, notice, I realize that we can't always attend every Sunday. I would hope that you would make that a goal. I would hope that you would commit to doing that. Some of us get sick. Some of us have to get called to work, and we can't really say no or we go without pay. But we have them available on the website. I want you to commit that you'll do that, and you can go and listen to them. By attending a 40-day life group, this is really the heart of the matter. This is the core of 40 Days in the Word, and this is the most important part of it all, and it's to join that and to be a part of that. And um, also reading God's Word daily, putting God's Word into action and memorizing God's Word. And we're going to do this together. This isn't something that you're going to do on your own. Okay, so by making this covenant, you're doing it with other people who are making the same covenant. We're in the same boat together, and it's the same struggle together. It's the same challenge. And I believe that I've seen you, and I know that when the challenge is given, you guys respond. Because let's face it, we want to grow, right? We don't want to be stuck in the playpen. We want to, we want to go deeper with God. And if that's you, I want to just invite you to print your name on there, sign it, and date it. Now, on your way out today, the... Um, Ushers are going to have some baskets. They're going to be holding them there. And uh, you can just fold this up. And you can just stick that in there. And just kind of be accountable and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm doing this. Maybe you need to bring it back next week. Maybe you know somebody else. Maybe you want to take one home and give it to them. This is going to be a neat season. I'm really looking forward to this. Next Sunday is Easter. We're going to... We're going to take a little break from the 40 days of the word theme, and then we're going to pick up on the 15th. So it's a great opportunity to invite people to Easter, and those people that you bring to Easter, take them out to lunch, bring them to 40 days in the word. And this is going to be a neat season. See what God does.